We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. Okay, ready? Think what you know, and it's about a time when you get yourself in a I want to the Turray Show. Okay, though. The Turray Show. Okay, though. That might be the best question I've ever been asked. <laughs> Are you method? Um, yeah, I came up method, yeah. And, you know, I would, you know, it's tough to be method in this climate, you know, with no rehearsal time, no, you know, no chance to, you know, to really delve into your character and have communications with your director, you know. It, it's tough. It's tough, you know. They, but they, are you, like, when you're on set, like, like refer to me the, in the name of the character sort of thing? Yeah, that's the way I was, yeah, when I did... <laughs> Mother, my child, you know, had to call me David. David, but I did it when I was David Ruffin. I mean, I check into the hotel with that name. I, I like being someone else for the time I'm working. You know, I like I like to leave Leon alone for a while. You know, and just just be somebody else. You know, when I can. You know, that's tough to do. It's tough to do. You know, in a TV series, it's tough to do when you're home. When you have all the people around you, you know. So it's but, but when you go away on location and, and just become someone else, I mean, I, it's kind of fun to me. What's the joy of that? I love it. I just love, you know, becoming someone else. You know, it's like when we're kids. You know, what is one of the fun things we like to do is to make believe. You know, it's it's fun to you know to be someone else and to delve into another character and actually you know become that person. You know, and and to be perfectly honest with you, when you're able to do that. Playing the role is easy because yeah. I am that person. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm not like I'm not getting into character and getting out of character. I'm just always in character. So, but you know, you can't do that all the time. Leon, the superstar actor we know from Five Heartbeats, Madonna's Like a Prayer, Ali with Will Smith, and so many more things, is back with a new film called A Day to Die, where he plays this awesome villain drug dealer evil amazing character i love talking to this brother because he is an actor's actor who's been at it for a very long time he is a great actor he's a very thoughtful person he's also leading a reggae band which i love so we're going to talk about reggae we're going to talk about acting we're going to talk about so many things let's get into it it's my man leon on Touré show 
you've been doing this reggae band since 07. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after hip hop, reggae is my favorite kind of music. And it just hits on a spiritual level. Yeah, definitely. I, I did like four, I've been on four tours with Barry's Hammond. I mean, he's a legend. Oh, he's a beast, yeah. He produced my first single, actually. So what do you love about reggae? Um, well, first is, like you say, it's the vibe. You know, the way it makes me feel when I'm listening to it. You know, I can, I, I can dance to it and still be cool at the same time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, um, yeah, and it's just, you know, it's just the whole vibe. When I was, first, when I was young... And growing up on reggae, it was um, it was also the message, you know, because reggae for the most part, especially, you know, early on, you know, like, like in the 80s, especially in the early 90s, you know, if you listen to it, it was almost like most of it was gospel. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, to a different beat. The thing that's crazy for me is that a lot of the reggae songs I fell in love with, I really had no idea what they were saying. I, <laughs> I couldn't make out. The, the 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 words or there might be slang that I didn't know. Maybe I thought it meant this. And then later right, I met right, somebody, right. a girl who was like, no, when she says bam, bam, she means this. Yeah, or, right, you know, right, we right, say, right, you know, right, 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 right. It, you know, even like for a long time, you know, I thought when they talk about a DJ, I thought it meant like what we think of in America is a DJ. Like, right, exactly. no, that means a you know, so selector and DJ are not the same thing, right? Which I thought they were. You know, right. exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. You, you got to educate yourself in it if you really love it. You but know? if I love it and don't really understand what they're saying, it must really be good, <laughs> right? That is, <laughs> it's hitting yeah. me at a, like a deep it must, level. It must really be good. You don't even understand what they're saying. It's like listening to you know music in you know a foreign language to me, and I'm just with it all the time, almost almost singing it, but don't know what I'm saying. Then you know it must be good. The impact that reggae has had on American music is massive. Massive. And people, I don't think people even know it. No. I don't think they even know it. I think, um, well, in all honesty, I think that reggae music has benefited as much from American music as sure as we have because but if you think about so many of the early hits or just covers <laughs> reggae covers of, of hit songs yes. on the R&B charts yes. all the time yes. they would hear, yeah, and I'd be down there I'd be down there in yard and they would just be like yo yeah. record this one next one this one in reggae <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah yeah sometimes and I would hear the reggae version before I would hear yeah. the regular R&B version <laughs> It's crazy. I mean, if you, if you, for a lot of people may not understand, Jamaica is one of the core fathers of hip hop, you know, not oh, just yeah. Cool Herc going from there and bringing the sound system, but the way that they chatted, the way that they approached music, you know, the masculinity, so much of it is a transplant from uh, Jamaican reggae Definitely. and dance hall. Definitely. And the unfortunate part about it, is that it, is, it was primitive then and it's primitive now. <laughs> you know, and their philosophies and beliefs, and, you know, it's just, it's unfortunate because I think it's held reggae back. So, I mean, I was looking through your filmography and it is extremely long and you have been in a lot of things that I loved and that a lot of people love. So I want to touch on 
a lot of things that you've been in, but your new thing is A Day to Die. Um, Bruce Willis is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Vernon Davis, who we remember from the 49ers, <laughs> is yeah, in Vernon it. Did, yeah, exactly. A um, couple other people. <laughs> no, we've- Frank, Frank Grillo. Yep. Who's in like almost everything right now, including the Marvel movies. Yep. Um, Kevin Dillon. I want to talk about Kevin Dillon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you play this great drug dealer villain who's like got this crew around him. And every time you show up, you're like smooth and smiling and just evil. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know... I wouldn't say just evil. <laughs> I mean, you give money to the kids. No, exactly. And I don't, I give money to the kids. I worry about, I concerned about their grades, concerned about, you know, taking care of my people in my community. But they got you kidnapping a pregnant woman. Well, that's, well, <laughs> it depends. Why did I kidnap her? There was a reason for it. Yeah. The, the, someone owed me money, told me to fuck off. <laughs> so, I mean, sometimes you got to convince people. You know what I'm saying? That's what you got to do. You got to convince people sometimes. You know, like my man wanted to take them out right there. I said, nah, we got this. Make them work for us. Yeah, just take take his woman. See what happens after that. Tell me about um, just the backstory and getting into this guy and like creating him. Because, I mean, you are truly, to me, like living on screen, you know, you're not like playing a character like you, I feel like you are that person. Um, well, one, thank you for saying that. Um, that's something that I always try to achieve, you know? Um, I mean, I could tell you like there's performances of actors I mean, and, and really wonderful performances, um, award-winning performances that I watch sometimes. Um, and that I just think are fantastic, but sometimes I think they did a, they put in all the work they needed to, and they dedicated themselves to playing that character. But I felt like they were playing a character very well. I didn't feel like they were the person. What's the difference? To me, the audience should just believe that that you are that person. You know that that like they just get lost in it. That you know I'm not Leon at all. I'm I'm this guy Tyrone Pettis. Like when I'm you David Ruffin. Like I'm when, like whatever. You know what I'm saying? When it's like, you that's see it. it. Like, where do you see the difference between he's playing a character very well and there he is that person? Well, I mean, usually I like to approach my work from, it starts from the beginning, from the very beginning. So from the very first time they see you, they, if they can buy that you are that character, you can take them anywhere, anywhere because they believe you're that person. So, you know, it's always that, that, that first moment on camera, whether it's the first frame or whether it's someplace in the movie, that when you show up, there's no doubt that you are that person. So whether it's, no matter what, whether it's a physicality or, you know, say, for example, Cool Runnings. Well, for me, in Cool Runnings, I knew the first scenes were going to be the Olympic trials. And it's like, you're going to look at me right away. And I'm and, and the first scene of the whole movie is I'm running throughout the island. You got to look at me right away and know that I'm an athlete, that I'm a sprinter. You have to. So I used to have walls of, you know, sprinters and athletes all in, all around my place while I was working out. It's like that saying, you know, okay, yeah, this looks right. This looks right. I look believable. Because I know that once you believe that I'm a, a sprinter, 
then I can take you anywhere. <laughs> so I think that's the way I approach the work. So with this character as a big drug dealer, what did you do to get yourself in that headspace of like, you know, inhabiting him, not just playing a character? Well, I think that um, in a movie like this, which, you know, unfortunately we, we sometimes are, um, <laughs> we don't have the prep that we would like. Um, I actually at first wasn't able to do this movie because I wasn't available, but luckily the producer on another show that was on worked out the dates and stuff and they worked together and I was able, so I was going back and forth from Atlanta to Jackson, Mississippi. What's um, the other the, thing you were doing? For the first part of the movies. I was doing a, um, a series on BT called Games People Play. Yeah. So, um, so then, um, so, so for the most part, what I do is um, I, I create a world for myself. I create a world that I think would be believable and, and interesting to watch. And then I put myself in that world. And then I let you see it. And that's it, you know. That's all I can do sometimes because, you know, you, 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 if I don't believe it, I can't expect you to believe it. And you really want to do this because it's a young black director. Yeah, that was the first thing because I didn't know him and he was, he was a fan of mine and we talked and, um, you know, via Zoom. That's how we do it <laughs> during COVID. And, um, and I was like, yeah, you know, I basically asked him, like, what did he want to do in this business? You know, and I like what he said. What did he say? I said, um, well, first thing I said, you know, what kind of movies do you want to make? What kind of director do you want to be? And he was like, well, you know, I don't know. I said, no, you need to know. <laughs> and he says, well, I want to make action movies that, that have substance, that have some kind of heart to say something. And I said, I like that. We need that. Because usually action movies, <laughs> character development is not there. Right. I think if you even look at this movie, the, the character development is far better than you see in most action movies. Sure. Well, we just, I just had, we just had a screening, a premiere down in Jackson. It was amazing. I mean, characters are getting killed and people are getting upset. Oh, oh, you know what I'm saying? That means sure. they were invested. Sure. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, for an action movie, you know, that's not the case usually. So, yeah, I like, I like what this brother's doing. I like what he, and I'd like to see what he can do once given a chance and given, you know, the right check. I know that you've worked with a lot of great actors. I want to touch on that. But Bruce Willis is in this. He's a legend, been around forever. Working with him, what's that like? Um, good. Easy. You know, um, you know, two professional actors, done a lot of work. Yeah. You know, we sit down and we knock it out. <laughs> so let me ask you something a little... A little off. All right. Because, you know, I was a big Entourage fan. I was a big Matt Dillon fan, right? And you go back to the beginning of your career with Matt Dillon. So it was interesting. Matt, Matt and I have been best of friends for years. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> inseparable for probably a decade. Yeah. You know, we, we, we were everywhere. We've been to Russia together. We've been, you know, like, that's my guy. And he's an extraordinary actor. Oh, that's my guy. Yeah. Kevin... I think he's not a good actor. Really? <laughs> and I felt like this through Entourage, and I was like, is that part of the joke that he's supposed to be a bad actor? And then in this, I was like... Well, I, well, one, I think that is supposed to be part of the joke. 
With Entourage. Yeah, with Entourage. Now, but before- well, well, but, but, on stage, no, but before, he's no. supposed to be a bad actor. But in the rest of the role, I'm like, what is he doing? But yeah, in this, I was a, like, it's, it's, what look, is he it, doing? His Entourage character is a bit over the top. But I think what you have to do, I mean, I don't know if you know much about Kevin's career, but Kevin has worked, done some serious drama with some really great directors. And that's how he started off his career, doing really good movies. Um I think he was in on Platoon with Oliver Stone. He was, I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, he's, he's done some really good dramatic, and that's what his lane was until his entourage thing came along, you know, and now that blew up and that, that's his persona, but he actually started off being a very serious actor doing good work. And people were saying, Matt Dillon's brother, oh shit. So, <laughs> so are you saying he's still in the zone of a post entourage? Like, give us more of that thing. No, I think that's people's persona. So when they see him, that's who they think they're seeing. You know, saying because, and that's the problem with acting. That's the one thing I don't like about it, and and I've tried to safeguard about it is that I personally want to be known for my characters, not for Leon. Okay? Sure. And so I love the fact that I walk down the street and people yell, Doris Bannock, David Ruffin, you know, whatever, you know, as a book, cause that, cause I, my personal life or what I'm doing or, and, or I never want to have a character that t- consumes my career that you can't think of anything else but that, you know? And, um, if you think of Carol O'Connor, I don't care. Carol O'Connor's played in some really good movies, but you know what? He's Archie Bunker. I don't care. Sure. You know so you, you didn't want that singular character that becomes he's Black Panther, he's whatever. Like, I only think about that. Right, because it, it, it taints my other characters. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you're, you're looking at me as that character. You can't get it out of your head. You know what I'm saying? I've been in your living room every week for the last but whatever. Just, wouldn't you want that payday of like, you know, I, I starred in X movie or X TV show. You know, we got a big check. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I would love the payday. I would love the payday, you know. Um, but then it would taint the other characters. Yeah, I mean, it would love. It would be great to get the payday the right way, you know, in the way you want it. But we can't. We can't always do that. And I'm not. And I'm not saying that if I had a character like that that became that, great. Especially at this point, you know what I'm saying. But I'm saying, coming up, that's not what I wanted. I always wanted to be play different roles, and people just believe I was this person, that person, and then, you know, and and see my range, and you know, and 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 be, and also keep myself interested. And acting. I feel like there's two kind of actors. There's chameleons who kind of become somebody and become somebody different each time. And then there's people who kind of play themselves each time. And they are so compelling in doing that, that like, I'll, I'll go with you wherever. Cause I like watching you, you know, Denzel or, you know, Sean Penn or whatever. Um, and so I think you're saying you, well, that's old school Hollywood. You know, if you look at, if you look at the, um, Cary Grant, the, um, Robert Mitchum's, you know, Errol Flynn, I mean, people went to go see them. Right. And whatever role they were doing, but it was them. That's what they went to go see. And you're saying, and there's nothing, and it's, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great. And it's great. And Brando changed that? No, I don't think, I don't think he's changed it because there's always been people like that. There's okay. always been people like that. I think that lots of times there's been um, actors who are like that, who yearn to do other stuff, so they do it. A la, I say, uh, a Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is a guy who I think if he just played himself, he would be successful in the movies. Um, You're saying he's 
doesn't do that? You think no, he, no, no. He does I, do that. No, I, he does it to some degree, but he also you can see he's taking chances from twelve monkeys to duck. he'll he'll go he'll be bald he'll he'll change his. I mean, he wants to be different people sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And I think that may be a bit of a Brando effect that actors you know want to branch out even though they have it they're comfortable in that lane. You know, and so and we appreciate that. So which are you? You're more of a chameleon. I don't, I don't know that. I mean, <laughs> I don't think that's up, that's up for you to say. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't really put myself in any sort of category, but whatever category people put me in, I have to live with. I guess. But I feel like you can, you can kind of bend and twist and become whatever the thing is. Yeah, I would make an attempt to, without a doubt. Yeah, I would, without a doubt. But sometimes you have to, you have to just realize that. Um, the most important thing is to be real and to be believable. And, you know, there's this whole thing about, um, you know, actors, you know, talking like they're better than other actors. And, you know, and that's really not true. I mean, a good actor is not any better than another good actor. Okay. Well, you if- mean, he's, a good actor is not, any better than another good actor. I mean, for example, name any actor you want, okay? He could walk over there, pick up a newspaper, light a joint. Well, anybody can do that. But you may deem it more interesting to watch him do it than, say, another actor. But it doesn't make him better than him. Well, I feel like maybe 80% of the movie anybody could do. Any given movie, mm-hmm. right? And and, and it'll be fine. He's he's walking, he's talking, he's establishing the character, and, and he, he's fine. Like, and you you make different choices than him, but that's fine. It's fine. But then there's that like twenty percent, maybe some at the beginning when we're really getting into the person, and then that big moment, you know, nearish the end where we really like bring the story home. Um, that it's like okay. Not everybody would have made the choices to make that speech in that way, to say those lines in that way. And that really hit me. And, and, and you know, like, I, I, you know, he hit me a little bit, but he really got in my soul with that, with his speech over there. Yeah, that's a speech he was given the opportunity to make. So just because, that, because of the role he played. Yeah, but that 20% right. is and, and, where... And right, and so you're right, but exactly. And so what I'm saying is that, but it's your interest in watching that character or that actor is that 20%. It's like, for you, he's like, yo, that motherfucker, yo. <laughs> he's unpredictable. Like, I like watching him as opposed to someone else. And there's actors out there that are very successful that you probably don't think are very good, okay? But oh, absolutely. Other, right, right. But other people love them. That's how subjective it is. You it's know totally subjective. I feel like <laughs> some people are great looking. And so we just like watching them because they are physically beautiful, whatever. Mm-hmm. And for somehow that's mistaken as great acting when it's not. He's not a great actor. He's just very good looking. <laughs> you know, whereas there's other people, a lot of the character, the character actors, those mm-hmm. guys who are consistently second and third, they're all really good actors. Mm-hmm. Some of the number ones are great actors and some of them aren't. They're just great looking people who have a lot of charisma, which is its own talent. 
But then it's all, and also necessary for the business because you yes. know at the end of the day you got to put butts in seats. It, yes, yes, yes. So, I'm, I'm well. Okay, I've long felt like DiCaprio is not a great actor. He is a great looking man who is super famous and will put butts in the seats. So he fulfills lots of the important things that you need as a producer and a director and a studio. See, but like, for but example, is he some great actor who's going to make you rethink the character in your life the way that a Denzel or a Sean Penn or a Jack Nicholson might? I disagree. Okay. I disagree. I mean, you know, seeing Leo do work from early on to back from Basketball Diaries and everything else, he's done some really great performances. And as an adult, Wall Street and all those, all great performances to me. I mean, on point. And I mean, and so, yeah, I think I think one of the biggest curses, and, and Robert Redford has talked about this, whatever, is to be good looking. Because sometimes your looks <laughs> overshadow, you, you overshadow so you your about, talent. But you talk about Wolf of Wall Street, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he was fine. But what really stands out to me is that like three minutes of Matthew McConaughey. Like he was great in he, Wolf of Wall Street. I was, felt okay. So okay. So we, yeah. But it's the role. You know, it's the role. But did the actor you, make the role? No. The role is on, let me tell you something. The role is usually on paper. You, sometimes you'll see, the, the studio knows an Academy Award winning script when they have it. Okay. They know it most times. If it's done correctly, this is going to be in contention. Okay. And they go to the same actors who've already won Academy Awards. <laughs> okay. I mean, it, so what I'm saying is that you can't take away from the pen. Most of these, you have to get the role to show how great you are. No matter how great you are, if you don't have the role and no one sees it. So if someone gets a hold of a role, it could be one scene and just blow you away. But if he hadn't played that scene, he'd be watching someone else do it. (laughs) (laughs) When I saw King Richard, Mm -hmm. that did not say to me, this is an Oscar film, this is an Oscar performance. Yeah, I can understand that. Do you, do you thought it was? You saw, oh, this could win a Best Actor Oscar? No, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Because he's the leader in the race right now. Yeah, no, it wasn't what I thought when I saw it, but I enjoyed the movie. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it. Yeah I enjoyed, yeah, I enjoyed the movie. No, I wasn't, but, you know, I'm happy for a brother. <laughs> you know, that's all I'm saying. I'm always happy for a brother, man. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to get you to talk bad about other people. <laughs> Tell me who are some of the guys and women who are at the top level to you, who you watch and you're like, okay, he or she is really freaking bringing it. And like, wow. You know, I mean, there's a lot out there, you know, I mean, I'm a, I've always been, um, admirer of Daniel Day Lewis's work. Oh yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. I mean, um, my buddy Denzel, I think, is solid. Extraordinary. Get, Extraordinary. You know, so. Um, yeah. Um, what is this girl on this redhead girl, Jessica Chastain? Yeah, I think I think she's strong. She did that yeah. poker movie? Yeah, Kate Winslet. Um, and I could go on. Yeah. yeah we, we sit here all day talking about 
good actors and actresses, you know. I can tell uh, you are an aficionado of the craft and you seem to like, like I'll just watch a movie and be like, wow, like, you know, he's great. She's great. You know, does great. Right. Like you seem to like enjoy, enjoy the craft. Yeah. But you know, I don't, I don't really look at actors, you know, like that. I, I'm a storyteller. I look at the story. If I'm lost in the story and, you know, they told me a good story, then, you know, I really like that performance. You know, that's because it's all about the story. It doesn't make a difference how good I do. No matter how good I am in a movie, if the movie sucked, you ain't talking about it. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, who, who wins awards? The best movies. The right. actors in the best movie. Right. Who wins most valuable play in the NBA? Usually the team that has best the best team. record. Yeah. You know, so, so it's, you know, it's all about the story. You got to be able to tell a story that people love. What was the last story that you saw that you were, that you got really enveloped in that you really loved? <laughs> that I really loved. Wow. That I just, I got into and was just gone. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of movies. I mean, I love Slumdog Millionaire. Woo. I mean, that to me, you know, to be like, that's what I was telling you about. Like, if you, once people believe who you are, you could take them anywhere. You could take them any kind of ride. That's a hell of a journey. You know? That was a journey. Yeah. I saw a movie last night that's going to premiere on Netflix, which is very enjoyable. Not the type of movie I would even go see normally. Um, called The Adam Project. The Adam Project. Yeah. Okay. And, um... Time travel concept, you know, a lot of comedies. Young kid is great, uh, a lot of stars in it. Um, but um, yeah, that was you know, it was fun. You know, to me right now, it's about you know, I'd love to see movies that blow me away. You know, but um, I don't. You know, that hasn't really happened. But I, there's a lot of the movies I enjoy. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, but I'm not. I'm not really a critic like that. I'm not the guy that goes, oh, I can't stand that movie, or I walked out on that movie. No, that's no. not me. I, no. I know people work too hard. To make movies and make content, you know, I just, I just try to appreciate it. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment 
at how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance, who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is Elizabeth I. Elizabeth I, the podcast, wherever you listen. Let's talk about a couple of things that you've done that have been really um, impactful. Um, I mean, you were in Colors. And I remember when Colors came out that first weekend, it was like an event because they were like, yo, they're going to see this movie and riot. So the police are at the different theaters. So it, it's kind of like when the when the first Air Jordan got banned and it was like a whole different level of excitement about the shoe. Like, you're not supposed, and like colors, like we're not supposed to see this movie. Like the American police system doesn't want us to see this movie. Oh, and yeah. I was there the first weekend. I think I was, I don't think I was 18. And I was there to, because I was like, oh, we got to see this shit. Yeah, they were they were about violence at the theaters, everything. Yeah, and that that movie was hardcore. Dennis Hopper, Sean Penn, Dennis Hopper, Sean Penn. Yeah, that was it. That was an interesting time. Tell me about making that movie. Mm-hmm. Tell me about making that movie. Well, the most interesting thing for me about making that movie was um, the scene in which I get shot and killed. You know, I, um, director um, Dennis Hoffman was um, waited them in the trailer with me for a couple of hours. It took me like three and a half hours for them to put a body cast on me. Because, um, you know, when you see the shots hit me, you see skin pop off and stuff. And so it can't be my real skin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, and it, it was cool because, you know, it's not comfortable. And he was just saying, yeah, I'm just going to hang out here with you and make sure you're fine. We Does it suck getting right. killed? Does it suck getting killed? Depends on how you get killed. I mean, the way I got killed in that movie actually, I don't know, probably benefited me more than, <laughs> than not. <laughs> because it made a big impression. Yeah. I mean, you can die, an actor can die in a way that's like, that, that leaves an impression. It's like, wow, that was good, you know. But, I mean, I always think, like, it probably sucks Just get shot and killed in the movie. Yeah, but, you know, it depends, you know, how you think about it. Because I was just telling um, an actor the other day, I said, just think about this, man. How many people get to die 
and just watch it afterwards and still be alive. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you're right. I said, yeah, it's just a movie. <laughs> Most people just die. They never get a chance to <laughs> practice it or anything else. As actors, we get to practice it. You know, like, but by the time we die, we're like really good at it. <laughs> Do you have any stories about Tupac from making Above the Rim? You know, he was um, he was 100 with me, and he made that clear, like, from the very first reading. You know, we, we had a script reading. He came in, you know, loud and bodacious as he can be, you know. People happy to see him. And he walked right over to me and said, yo, he was just like this. You ain't going to have a problem with me because you win the five heartbeats. <laughs> <laughs> yo, you are a hundred grand in every black community because like five heartbeats was already like, we love this nigga. <laughs> Everybody saw black, saw that movie, loved it. was like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, no, it's like their holiday movie. It's their family reunion movie. It's yeah. like, yeah, no, it's amazing. Um, so, so Pac came in and was like, I love you because of the five heartbeats. Mm -hmm. And that was it. So, you know, our scenes, he was, you know, he was on point. You know, ready to go, you know, strong performance. And it was great, you know. And, um, yeah, I mean, but, you know, he caused the production problems. Sure. Yeah, you know. I mean, he was, he, he yeah, was, it was. Yeah, it was a couple times he had just delayed production because things happened here, things happened there. <laughs> he was you going know. through it. That, well, so, so Five Heartbeats does have um, a magic to it. It's still a great film that people would pull, like we just said, like we'll pull out and watch right now. It, we, they just um, they just screened it at the Tribeca Film Festival. It's the last film festival. What what is it about that film that gives it that that enduring magic? You know, I think that for one, um, it took place at a time where. Um, we're not used to seeing, you know, five brothers, you know, who not only started together but stayed together, you know, um, throughout it all in a relationship with, you know, two black men, two brothers that, um, you know, we actually get that payoff at the end. You know, you know th those kind of range of emotions amongst men let alone set in a music environment, you know, of the 60s and 70s. It just, you know, if made well, should be a classic. And I thought Robert made it well. Fuck yeah. Fuck <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Fuck yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I thought he, I thought Robert created the formula and he executed it. I think the most seen thing you've ever done is, you know, the most seen thing I've ever yes. done? Wow. That'd be hard to say. Um, I, I would guess it could be a music video. That's what I was going <laughs> to say. It's, it's, it's like a prayer. Probably. Right? If you, if you probably count views, yeah. Because <laughs> Madonna was hot to death. So, yeah, and it's, M a lot, and it's a lot easier to watch three and a half minutes in two hours. <laughs> M MTV was hot as fish grease at that time. That video aired all the time around for, the world for years yeah. 
and you had a huge part. Were you Jesus or like Jesus adjacent? <laughs> Jesus adjacent. That's hilarious. I never heard that before. <laughs> no, I was a saint. Okay. I was a saint. So so you like Jesus in terms of like what she was trying to, how did, I, well, how did if, that come to you? Um, that came to me through my agent. Um, they, I guess they were looking um, for guys all around, from everywhere, you know. Um, uh, and so, But she was looking for a black guy because she wanted to shake it up. Um, she, yeah, well, I, I, I guess Mary Lambert did an interview and something, and, and, and Madonna said something like, you know, I want to kiss a black man on the altar or, or, or black Jesus, something along those lines, and they came up with a concept. Um, so originally came to me, um, I said I wasn't interested. I mean, at that, well, at that particular time, you know, I, one, I fancy myself as a serious actor. So what am I doing dancing with Madonna in the video? That's all I ever seen her do is, is dance in the video. Right. And so I'm like, and, and that's not a route for a serious actor at that time doing music videos, you know? So I'm like, why would I, you know? Why would I want to do that? Thank you very much, but they're cool. But and so um, then they came back again, like you know, a week and a half later, and asked again. And and my agent said, you know, Mary Lambert is a feature film director, you know, and so you know maybe this will lead to something else. You can at least just meet her, you know. And I said okay. And so I met her, and you know, and she told me the concept. And then you're like. Oh, a serious actor can do that. Yeah, she told me one, she wanted to play a role, wanted to play a role, these two different roles and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, okay. And she says, that. and then I want you to kiss Madonna and she's going to kiss your feet. And I said, okay. <laughs> and like, and I said, you're in my wheelbarrow now. <laughs> so. And Madonna was hot as hell. You knew, like, this, what? this is going to be big. No, they played me the song. See, that's what I knew. They played me the song when I had the meeting with her. And I was like, this song's going to be number one. <laughs> So I knew it would be big, you know, but, but I didn't know how big. That's I mean, the difference. I mean, it, it, it was gigantic. It was no, what I'm saying massive. is that, no, I figured it was going, it was Madonna's comeback album after she did been divorced from Sean Penn. It was, it was used. The song was definitely sound like it was going to go number one, but that is the front page of the calendar section. Am mm-hmm, I correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It wasn't the front page account. It was front page of the news. Yeah, it was, it was live at five. Yeah. Okay, that's exactly. I mean, I'm, no, I'm, when I'm serious, no, it was. I'm watching the news. It was, and it's and a, a bulletin came on live at five, and I saw burning crosses and and Madonna kiss like that's Ma- yeah. Madonna kisses Black Jesus. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. In the movie, so in that, the video. Yeah, oh my so God. that was you know. Yeah, that was a bit much. Did that? So did that change your position? In terms of Hollywood, did other people see that in Hollywood and say, oh, yeah, let's put Leon in because he was good in that. So not really. I mean, my career, you know, after that excelled, but it, it wasn't didn't seem like it was based on that. Um, maybe people saw me because of that. Robert Townsend saw me at the MTV Awards because I was with Madonna. So that's the first thing he saw me there. And he was like, oh, OK, yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, but they don't know. You know the 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 problem. The problem was, you know, it isn't like it is today, and I'm happy it is the way it is today. And you know, actors who before me paved the way, and I'm sure that 
actors of my generation have paved the way for actors of the new generation now. Um, there weren't that many opportunities. You know, if I, I remember, I remember doing um, starring in a, um, a TV pilot, which was which was good. I knew for sure it was going to go, but there was another black actor who was starring in another one, like a medical drama, or whatever. And I'm like, oh. Then they're not going to put two black leads on the TV show network. They're not going to do it. They'll do it now, sure. But there was, wasn't happening then, sure. You know, and so you know, you just have to realize it's all about opportunities. You know, it's the opportunities. Are they there when you do something that's hot? And I, I mean, I do agree with you in that. I think now is it's kind of a cinematic golden era for black people. There are more opportunities for black people in front of the camera and behind the camera to tell authentic stories on the big screen, on the small screen, from, you know, studio to studio, Netflix to own to, uh, you know, Hulu, what have you. Well, that's also, that's also a big part of it. Right. There's so many other places. Right. You know, I'm like when, when I was coming up, there was, you know, three, then maybe four networks. Sure. That was it. You know what I'm saying? And then there was the studios. You know, you make movies, whether it was Columbia or TriStar or whatever. I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot more now. Sure. You know, so therefore, we have more people of color, thank God, having opportunities to show what they can do. And that's great. And it's I think kind it's of fantastic. It's kind of amazing how many, uh, let's say, auteurs, black people who are, like, able to, like, think up a show, write it, you know, create it you know, like show running. I mean, they're, they're not showrunners, but like, you know, from a Issa Rae to Alina Waithe to Shonda Rhimes to Cheo Coker to like all the people who are like, I get to brainchild shows and Netflix and HBO and these other places will listen to me and put it on and like, you know, and then, and then, you know, folks like you and others get more and more and more jobs. Yeah. I mean, that's what we would hope, you know? Um, but you know, I just want, I just, I'm just one of these people that I, I got to, I got to look at the progress. You know, there's some people it, out there. Isn't it, not, is it not progress? Oh, huge progress. Yeah. But we have so many people out here that don't look at it that way. They're still talking about, these are the worst times that, you know, people of color have gone through. I'm like, are you at your goddamn mind? <laughs> <But> it, <laughs> cinematically, is this not one of, if not the best moment for black visual creators? I think so. And I think it will be for years to come. Yeah. Yeah. I think so without a doubt. And I'm happy about that. Yeah. Cause I've talked to a couple people in the business and like, you know, we both remember that early eighties boom when it was spike and singleton and the Hugh, the Hudlin brothers and the Hughes brothers. Mm. And then that kind of died down. And then there was another little boom lit a little bit later, maybe Terry McMillan helped create that. And then that kind of died. But like now it seems like we are so ensconced in so many places, you know, and Netflix and own have so much real estate that it influences other people in Amazon that, a lot of us are getting to work and it's going to remain that way. It's not a trend. It's going to stay this way for a while. We have maybe, Don't you think? Maybe we have maybe one, two, three, four, maybe networks that are black only. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, 
Yo, Oz used to give me nightmares. <laughs> that show was fucked. The show had like this evil undercurrent. Like I could watch The Sopranos and it was like, that was fun. And people get murdered. Like that was fun. Mm. And I watch Oz like through my fingers, like, yo, I'm going to have nightmares <laughs> after watching this shit because it's just evil and gritty. Yeah, no, Oz was um, groundbreaking. Did it feel? Did it feel gritty? Like while you're making it, like those characters oh, yeah. would no, do definitely. fucked the, up shit. The, the first season of Oz that I was on, it was like we had dressing rooms that were cubicles, just a cubicle. They put a piece of wood or something. No ceiling, so you got no privacy. What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E Market dot com slash Torrey thrive market dot com slash Torrey on March 16th 2000 two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta Jamil Alamin a Muslim leader and former black power activist was convicted but the evidence was shaky and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial my name is Mosi Secret and when I started investigating this case in my hometown I uncovered a dark truth about America from Tinderfoot TV Campside Media and iHeart Podcasts Radical is available now Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, if I'm talking on the phone, someone's talking on the phone, you hear exactly what they're saying. But that's to give you that prison sort of vibe-ish? Yeah, I guess so. But I I realized that when I made appearances in um, <laughs> season six and season four, I was like, wait a second, hair, makeup? Like rooms, really regular rooms? I guess you also really reaping the benefits of that first season, huh? <laughs> Hi, I'm Shantae, the host of Edges. Edges is a storytelling podcast where black hair and mental health intersect. It's about all the choices that we make with our hair, all of the choices that are made for us, all of the things that we have no control over, and how that all really impacts our identity, both how we feel about ourselves and how the world perceives us for better or for worse. Subscribe to edges on Apple podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Ali mm. was a huge, huge film. Yeah, definitely. That was really think, important. Uh, we'll, talk, we'll, talk, we'll talk, got nominated. There. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Talk about yeah. making that film and working, uh, you know, around will with will. I mean, that was a big film for him and for the culture. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a film. For Jamie? There's a film about Muhammad Ali, major film, um, directed by, you know, Michael Mann. You know, yeah, of course you want to be a part of it. 
I mean, if there's a role in there, which for me, you know, the most important thing is about um, the story. And so you have to play an important role in the story. And it doesn't matter how big or how small, but if you can tell the story without that character, then it interests me as much. And so, um, you know, the role that I played, um, <laughs> you know, kind of flips the story around a little bit when you find out. And so that interests me. And so, of course, I went along for the ride, but it was, you know, <laughs> Michael Mann is a trip. What did you le- <laughs> what'd you learn just sort of watching Will do his thing? It's a pivotal moment. That was a pivotal moment in his career. Mm, you know, I, I mean, I saw an actor, you know, embodying, you know, a person, you know, you know, becoming Muhammad Ali, putting that work in, you know, to give a great performance. I mean, that's what I saw. You know, you have to realize that when I'm working on a movie and I'm playing a character, you know, Will is Muhammad Ali to me. Yeah, I, are you I, method? I, yeah, I came up method. Yeah, and you know, I would, you know, it's tough to be method in this climate. You know, with no rehearsal time, no, you know, no chance to, you know, to really delve into your character and have communications with your director. You know, it, it's tough. It's tough. You know, they, but they, are you like when you're on set, like, like refer to me the, in the name of the character, sort of thing? Yep, yeah, that's the way I was. Yeah, when I did. <laughs> Mother, my child, you know, had to call me David. David. I did when I was David Ruffin. I mean, I check into the hotel with that name. I, I like being someone else for the time I'm working. You know, I like I like to leave Leon alone for a while. You know, and just just be somebody else. You know, when I can. You know, that's tough to do. It's tough to do. You know, in a TV series, it's tough to do when you're home when you have all the people around you. You know, so it's but, but when you go away on location and, and just become someone else, I mean, I, it's kind of fun to me. What's the joy of that? I love it. I just love you know becoming someone else. You know, it's like when we're kids. You know, what is one of the fun things we like to do is to make believe. You know, it's it's fun to you know to be someone else and to delve into another character and actually you know become that person, you know, and, and to be perfectly honest with you, when you're able to do that, playing the role is easy because I am that person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not like, I'm not getting into character and getting out of character. I'm just always in character. So, but you know, you can't do that all the time, you know, but I, you know, I do favor the chances when I do get to do that. I've had black actors say to me like, Black actors can't be method because we, <laughs> the characters we usually be playing, like if you carried it off set, people be like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's so angry. He's so violent. He's so. This. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's not, it's, it's not really about, you know, <laughs> executing what you do <laughs> on screen in real life. No, no it's no, just, no. it's just, it's just, it's just more of, you know, of being that person. That's all. Do you write out backstories for your characters? Well, <laughs> to be honest, when I came up, we would create backstories with the director. Right. The director, would, we'd sit there and come up with characters and, and whether the writer and we would, talk, we would discuss it. I would give my ideas and, you know, that's, you know, that's the way we would make film, you know. Um, a lot of that gets skipped now. And, you know, you really can't blame it because you have a lot of young directors out there that never went through those steps. You know, they directed some videos that were hot, and the next thing you know, the studio gave them some money to make a movie. 
<laughs> and so, you know, those steps, you know, those rehearsal steps, those um, discussing the characters and, you know, and lots of times some directors, they're visual artists. It's all about the vision. More so it is the actual characters are working with the actors. And so, and it all depends. And I mean, and you can't say that um, one way works and the other one doesn't because both directors, types of directors have made good movies. Can you, do you do it yourself when you're, you know, I'm not doing it with the director for whatever reason, but. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I have an idea of where my character comes from, his relationships. Um, yeah. And lots of times I um, I interject them into my character on screen. You know? And it, it I, I, and a lot of people say it helps you to make decisions in a more realistic way when you know stuff that's off the page. But how does that work? How does that happen? Well, for one, you just, you understand. You understand your character and where he's coming from. And so you can understand, like, say, for example, if he had a very hard, hard, hard childhood, some of that you just get to see in a scene, but and you don't even realize where it's coming from, you know? It's because I'm aware of that. I'm aware when something was said that he talks about eating a certain type of sandwich, I realized I never had that kind of sandwich when I was a kid, you know? And it just be, it may be just the way I am like eating that sandwich. You can realize like, damn, what's, what's wrong with me? You know, like, wow, you know, but it's the little things like that, that, you know, that I think just adds to your performance. You know, it's not necessarily something that's said. It's something that's, you know, that's seen. And then you also, it, it, it gives you a chance sometimes to say things that are off the script. that just really work, you know, because you're so deep in that character. That um, you know, you may just say something in rehearsal, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, an actor's always going to rewrite the script a little bit, right? No, not always. You know, in television, it's really hard. Television is a lot of fingers in the pot, so and you, so, you got to stick to yeah, you know, because usually the script is approved by so many different people, and then once it's approved, then the writers on the set. And, you know, you basically got to ask the writer, can you say this? You know, whatever. Lots of times on television, it's a, it's a different situation. In, a movie, in movies, um, it, yeah, it it's basically depends on the um, director and the writer. But, you know, sometimes, you know, the writer could be, the, you know, the main producer on the show and he wants to hear his words. And then some writers are very loose and they, they understand that this is the way the actor says it or what the actor is saying is what really brings this to life. You know, and so it, it's different, you know. I think when I, when I think when the writer goes into these, you know, a TV project and anything working with actors and, and thinking that he's Shakespeare, um, there's a problem. <laughs> you know? So you would love the opportunity to touch it up a little bit. You would prefer that. No, well, what I would prefer is that it's written so well. So all I have to do is breathe life into it. Sure. You know, like I'm reading it going, oh, yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, that's what I would prefer. Yeah. I mean, that's what the writer would prefer. That's what we all would prefer. You know, yeah. it's like it's it's already so good. I just have to breathe life into it. Well, okay, so help me as a as a as a aspiring screenwriter, what do I need to do to give you a script that you're like, God damn, like this is just it. 
Well, first, it's the story. What story are you telling me? What story are you trying to tell? That's what's first off is the story. You know, it's like, if you, this, I said, okay, this story, I, I like this story right here. Okay, then I started delving into what part do I play in it? You know, uh, do, am I, do I play the lead role? Or am I playing um, a real strong or playing the antagonist? You know, and, and, and how interesting can I make this character? You know, um, yeah, that's how I look at it. Do you want a good story? It's original, but it, we've seen it before. It, it, well, it doesn't matter if you've seen it before, if it's told well. Right. You know, I can give you several genres of films that we'll see for the rest of our lives. But if told well, we love them. You know, I can mean, even talk about Cool Runnings. People talk about Cool Runnings in Jamaica, Bob Slatin, and why people love this movie. I said, one of the main reasons why people love this movie all around the world it's because it's a fish out of water story. And everyone can identify being the only one of their kind someplace. But it's also a David and Goliath story, right? Well, it's just several. It's, yeah. it's, 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 a story it's, about, it's a story about pride. You know, it's just several. But I'm saying, but one thing that people can identify with from different countries is imagine if you're the only one from your country someplace and everyone's looking at you. Do you know what I'm saying? The super it, underdog. It, it kind of makes you root for them. Sure. Do you know what I'm saying? Hell and yeah. That, and that's what that and that, and that happened in Cool Runnings. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean that Olympic fervor keeps coming back every couple of years, right? With the Olympics. So then it's like, oh well, look, here's one of the most amazing stories of the Olympic. I mean, this is what the Olympics is all about: <laughs> to get a Jamaican bobsled team, and then they kick ass. Who would have thunk? Yeah, well, I kicked ass and crashed. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best advice you ever got about acting? Hmm. 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 From this attorney, um, they used to work with my first agent I was with, Miriam Baum, at um, an agency called Artist First in LA. Shout out to Miriam Baum, I love her. Um, he told me that <clears throat> what you want to do more than anything else is memorable work. He says, there's going to be thousands of actors that walk across thousands of stages, thousands of TV shows, movies. He said, very few are going to do memorable work. That's what you want to do. Work that people remember even past your time. And I never forgot that. And so for me, when I have movies that people are talking about interviewing me three decades later, I can, in some respects, I feel as though I followed his advice. How do you make it memorable? Well, hopefully your performance and, you, and, and the stories you pick out that you're in. You know, you have to be lucky to be in a movie in which, you, you know, that's memorable. You know what I'm saying? You know, you, you have to, you know, we're not all lucky like that. There's some great actors who haven't had a chance to be in memorable movies, you know. And um, I've been blessed to be I mean, in some been, of them. You've been, <laughs> you've been in a lot of memorable movies, a lot of movies that if I just, you know, went to a group of people, you know, who aren't babies and was like, what about this? What about it? And they'd be like, yep, yep, yep. I saw that. I love that. I remember that. I would watch that again right now. <laughs> um, so it's been an incredible career. So partly you're a good picker. 
No, I mean, it's about opportunities that, that, that you're given. You know, I mean, I'm not in the business of turning down work. I don't want to turn down work or not be available for work. But luckily I was offered a role and I was available and I had a chance to play it and, and the movie was good. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, when it comes to movies or plays, you know, well, not so much plays, but, you know, we're, as actors, we are a pawn in the process. Sure. I mean, everything is set up and everything before us and lots of times. And then, you know, we come in there and we have to hope that the things around us, I could give you, I could be great in a scene, but for one, a scene is only as good as his weakest link. Mm -hmm. So if I'm talking to someone who's whacked, it don't matter. Scene's whacked. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's just the way it is. I mean, you got to believe the person I'm talking to. Sure. You know, you got to believe where I'm at. You know, like one of the things I loved was the set design in The Temptations. Because you never believed at any point this wasn't the 60s. Right. You never believed that that wasn't my apartment. Right. You know, because I'm the type I'm the type of guy that, you know, when I'm playing a role like Dave Ruffin, like I hang out in my apartment, like when I'm supposed to be in my dressing room. Like I want to sit here because when you see me, I want you to think this is my house. That's how comfortable I'm in here. You know? And, it, and even hopefully you got that feeling from my new movie. When I'm in my office. Oh, yeah. Like, you can tell, I, I, this is my domain. I spend a lot of time here. Yeah. I'm good here. I'm chilling. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of your work has really been um, telling a story about what it means to be black, you know, um, from the Five Heartbeats, Little Richard, to just Colors, Will Smith, every, uh, Ollie, everything. Um, ask everybody who comes on the show, what it means to them to be black and where it shows up in the work. So what is that for you? Well, what it means for me to be black is to be a man. I mean, a black man is the only thing I've ever been, only thing I've ever strived to be. So I am man if I'm black. And how it reflects in my work, well, it's hard to be <laughs> someone of color and not play people of color. <laughs> and so when you play them, it's like, what are you giving to people? Are you giving them a real representation of someone? You know, are you giving them something to um, grab onto, to, to identify with? Um, because for me, I think that's the key, you know? I play real people. And so if you can believe that I'm real and you can identify with some aspect of me, and it's always going to be of a black man because that's what I am. And I haven't played a white guy yet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 I mean, that's, you know, for me, that's what it's all about. You know, it's about ad identifying with the character. I mean, I think that we perhaps bring an extra sense of responsibility to these sort of roles, to the roles. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we can really touch and see film history. We remember Diane Carroll and, 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 and Sidney Poitier and Harry Belfonte. Like they were just a minute before, you know, we were kids watching them. Diane Carroll, she's so beautiful. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So, I mean, like we saw 
from the time, like there was barely ever a black person on TV to when there was barely ever a black person on, on, on the big screen. To- oh yeah. There's usually one that we get through. Yeah. One, you know, maybe, you know, a couple other ones, but not as good as the other one. And that, and that, <laughs> Shit, that lasted almost until the nineties. Yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, so so uh, you can. I mean, like you can see the shoulders that you stand on. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like you know Harry Belafonte. You, I knew, I knew Sydney. Yeah, know? yeah, no, definitely. And 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 you know, it's funny. You know, you t- when the highlights of my career is you know. Me, meeting Sydney and him knowing who I was and him talking about a performance that I did. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, can we replay this again? Right, <laughs> you right, know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, but, but he knew Little Richard. So he knew Little Richard. So, he, of course, he saw it and, 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 and he knew exactly who I was and, you know, and praised me on the performance. So I was like, this is it for me. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it's interesting. In the work that I did... Um, writing about Prince, you know, everybody talks about Jimi Hendrix and James Brown. But when you start to look at little Richard, that's his father more than Jimi Hendrix and Jimi Hendrix and James Brown, George Clinton, absolutely his father, but little Richard, you put the two of them, like he's doing little Richard. That's his father. You know, little Richard, as they say, he was the architect. He's architect for so many of it. You know, I mean, you know, he, he, and he did it at a time where, wow, you're talking, you know, you're talking 56, 57, man. You, like, we think racism is bad. You know? I mean, come on. <laughs> blew me away too. I was reading about James Brown. I think it was Alan Light's book. Excuse me. Uh, 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 the manager. God damn it. Alan Leeds book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause he used to, was James Brown's tour manager. In the in the fifties, like they didn't have TV like that. Like a lot of people had never seen Little Richard. So if Little Richard couldn't make it to a date in Georgia, Alabama, whatever, James Brown would show up and be like, I'm Little Richard, <laughs> here to perform for you. Wow. And he would rock. Well, it's really crazy. I know I mean only the James Brown story that I know of Little Richard was um Little Richard would sometimes perform for um the prisoners in jail. And um, he came, he wanted to, he was performing at a jail and um, they asked him, um, they had one of the prisoners was a, was a, was a good performer and he wanted to know if he could open up for him. Wow. And he's like, yeah, sure. It was James Brown. He destroyed the place. And Little Richard was like, I can't even go on after him. Are you were like, I mean, he was doing splits. And you know, James was like. Doing it. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Can you imagine that happening now? <laughs> um, you do not look your age. What do you do? Is there a magic cream that you're getting from Africa? Like, what is happening? No, you know, I tell people that I just stay consistent. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, it's like. I do the same things to groom myself. I use the same kind of, you know, oil-free lotion. Like, I'm not like, I, I around the same kind of people, same kind of women, you know, just it's the same kind of food, you know, whatever. If, you know, it's, it's working for me. <laughs> it's working. I, you know, if you said you were 30, I would believe it. I play it, you know. Like, I'm the, I'm the actor that they, you know, they call for like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, he, he starts off as 35 and then he's 55 at the end of the movie. Leon. 
could do it. It's crazy because um, I'm finally got, I'm getting these roles, you know, and that, um, you know, and I, I get them to add grays because I want grays. You know, and I want, I got a few, but I'm not getting as many. I don't understand it. I should have a hair full of them. You're killing me, dog. I should have a hair full of them. You're killing me. Are you <laughs> not coloring? No, I've never colored my hair. Only time I colored my hair was to make it um, gold or orange in a yeah. movie. Yeah. But you're really not gray. No. That's amazing. I mean, I have some, but you know, they're not, not enough to like show up. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm more gray than you. Maybe you worry more. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. But I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe you worry less. Okay. So last thing um, that I ask everybody what is your superpower, the thing you do better than other people that has led to the success you've had? Oh, that's easy. Being Leon. I mean, I tell people that at classes, acting classes, when I speak all the time, there's nothing you can give the world better than a, an original you. That's the one thing you do better than anybody. I don't care. You can name any actor, any singer, anything. He can't out Leon me if I give you an authentic me. You know, and that's the way, and that's the way I tell everyone. Be original. Stop following the pack. We got far too many Indians, not enough chiefs in this world. You know? Be, be the unique you and give that to people. And that's what's going to take you someplace that you couldn't go anywhere else. Thanks so much to Leon for a great interview and thanks to you for listening. Torre Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality and this show can help. You can find me on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Jackie Garifano. Our editor is Ryan Woodhall. Our photographers are Chuck Marcuson, Shanta Covington, and Nick Carp. Our booker is Claudia Jean and we're distributed by DCP Entertainment. And we will be back on Wednesday with more amazing guests because the man can't shut us down. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick... Let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.